Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. I feel, I feel so, so light. I'm so happy. I want to I wanna have a barbecue and that's it, you know? Like, I'm ready just to sit down and have a barbecue and I know that the, the Lord will move in such an amazing way. But he did say some bits and bobs about today. So I'm gonna share those and then we can go and do a barbecue if you guys want, you know, is that okay? Is that an idea? Okay, today God, talking about barbecues, you know, he said, um, and he has, has been having me in this, this run um, and this topic for, for, for quite a while now. And, um, and I believe that today he, he really wants to share with us something about it. So I want you to open your hearts and, and just say, Jesus, if there's anything from this that I need to get, don't let me miss it. Do you want to miss it? If it's for you, do you want to miss it? I don't want to miss it. You know, if it's from Jesus and he's holy and he's pure and he's all glorifying to God, I don't want to miss that. That's, that's how it is. Today we're going to talk about starving our worries. And we're going to go into Matthew 6. And this is quite a well-known passage of the Bible. So if you have been reading the Bible every now and then, you might have stumbled upon it. Um, but if you haven't, we're going to read it together today. And it says like this in verse 25, Matthew 6. And I, by the way, this is, Matthew 6 is like the legendary letter to the old star team. You know, like, like if you're going to win in life, you got to read Matthew 6. Okay, I'm just going to keep on going. Anyway, Matthew 6, verse 25, there's therefore, and I'm going to give you the therefore in a minute. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than the clothes. Tell that to the people nowadays. Verse 26 says, look at the birds of the air. We're in London, we don't see them. Um, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much, say to someone, much, much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? We just have primrose here, Lord. They do not labor or spin. Basically, they just, yeah. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which it is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will not he much more, much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry. And when you worry, you start saying things. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or shall we eat, drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Pursue first. That's another version and I really liked it. Pursue, seek first. His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all these things, not some of those. I'm not against those things. I know you need them. All these things will be given unto you. Just don't pursue them. Pursue me. Pursue my kingdom and my righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you, will be given unto you as well. The pagans have to run behind them. God will give them unto you. It's different. Therefore, with this we close. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble, diapers, bills, problems, conversations, WhatsApps of its own. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
Father, we, we ask that you would really reveal your heart in between our laughter and our convictions, Lord. Your God and your rule over this room. Move around. Put your weight into words. In the adequate measure that each of our soul needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Starve your worries. He's starving. <laughs> we hired him. We gave him five bucks and we said, cry, start. Like when we say starve, you start crying. <laughs> Babies. Yeah. Starving our worries. And, and this is the reason why I believe God has us today in this. For the last couple of, like, maybe years, like right now, there's something that has started to happen to me. That in the middle of the night, I wake up. And I don't sleep much. For the ones that don't know me, I sleep a few hours. I mean, there's, there's so many hours in the day. How many of them you really want to sleep? I mean, you could do other things, you know? So, so I'm the kind of guy that says, like, if... If I'm able to fake it, I'm going to make it. So I'm like, are you sleeping? No, I'm not. I might be, have been snoring next to you. But I'm always awake, almost. It's, it is so scary that most of my friends know that if I fall asleep watching a movie or in the midst of a conversation, I might wake up and know what we were talking about. And I'm not really there, really. Because half of my brain still is on. Half of it is saying, Chris, you're not that young. But, you know, I resist the devil, um, and I keep on going. But something that has started to happen to me is that I wake up in the middle of the night and have some crazy ideas of things that can go wrong. And all of a sudden, I mean, this didn't happen in my 20s. This didn't happen in my 35. This started happening after my 38. I started, like, caring for people for reals, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> and I started and I started waking up in the middle of the night and I would just plan every scenario that could go wrong and I made it really wrong because I'm very creative like that like I'm, I'm visual so like blood was gushing out of things you know and um, I invented um, burger factories and, and uh, I, I did all sorts of things at 3 a.m. All sorts of things. You are sleeping, I am inventing problems and situations that are not there. Like, I'm so creative that I don't need the help of the devil. Chris, by itself, is like the most bellic weapon against humanity ever in history. I don't know if you're like me, but I've been waking up with these crazy ideas, and I lose hope in the midst of my mind job. Creek, creek, creek. We're going to add some special effects to the YouTube. Creek, creek. There's a cricket in the water. The reality of it is that sometimes we don't understand that we're in a war. We are in a war like maybe we don't understand of ideas, precepts, perceptions that scream at us that they are true. We may even have our own thoughts we might be our own serial killer. We might be the one that actually wakes us up and takes us down in the same dream. We are the ones that prescribe our failure. We are the ones sometimes. So we cannot blame it all in the devil. And Jesus knew that you and me would have that tendency. Jesus is coming in the context of what we're reading talking with disciples about several things that probably as a church around the world we today should be studying even better, should be going even deeper. We should not be kind of focusing on how the smoke machine is going and how our music is being heard and if we're like having problems with the mic. We should be figuring out how the heck we should pray because this is the season that we have to either know how to pray or suffer not knowing how to pray. And praying doesn't have to be fancy. Praying doesn't have to be, oh, you endowed 
God of the universe. You, you don't have to put an English like Morgan Freeman kind of tone of voice onto this one. You just have to say, God, good morning, help. I woke up, that means I, help. Like if I woke up, I know I have all the potential to mess this one up. I remember yesterday. Help. And as we walk in, 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 in situations, in, as, as we deal with our emotions, as we discern our thoughts, most of us don't actually hold the tools that God gives us that are simple because we think we have to prove our love to God. Well, God knows we have nothing to prove. And we couldn't prove anything but failure. But God wants to hear a simple help. So he says, you know what, you should be praying. And, and actually he modeled it. He modeled it through his life. When the, when the disciples like wised up, when the disciples said like, hmm, I see what you're doing, mate. Like every time that you go and hide around the bush and start praying and you just kind of like, -na 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 -na, they come walking on the waters. We know what you did. You were praying. So teach us how to pray. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we are like drowning and the storm is going all around and this is not happy days. But you're sleeping at the bottom of the ship. You're keeping the balance of the ship with your trust that there's a commission. Jesus basically was modeling what to pray. Some of us understand prayer like complaining to God. So like, God, this, all of this is happening to me. Ah, Amen. He's like, no, I need, I need, oh, did you, you see, you didn't see that it was so unfair. And God said, oh, no, I was there. I already, I know, I mean, by the way, at 7.45 yesterday, they asked for forgiveness of their stupidity. So that's completely covered already. So can we move on? Sometimes we pray and what we do is we complain. We don't exercise prayer in our trust. We exercise our right to be in control. And Jesus is walking by saying, hey, Johnny boy, you're not in control. Or maybe Jane, if you like it better. I want to be inclusive. So Jesus has us in this moment saying, chill. But don't chill like the world. Don't take the chill pill. By the way, like never before, pharmaceutics are like at display. They come in different colors. Like everyone is, is saying, I can make you chill out. I can own and I can sell you peace. Like never before, the world never, never wanted to buy peace. But now we are willing, whatever it takes my emotional, spiritual, social, financial, whatever it takes, stability. I want to have peace. And Jesus is saying, Oi, join the club. Don't try to do it on your own way. How are you praying? So he's just talking to the lads and saying, Hey, you know what? I know you like to practice, and this is something that we do. We practice our prudence and our righteousness. We practice what God has given us. But sometimes we don't show up in the motivations. And he's saying, watch out for the motivations. It might add a teaspoon of anxiety. Because if you're doing it for people to see you, it's going to miss the mark. I mean, it will, it will do something for the other person, but you will not get the fruits of the righteousness that lives in you. Watch out for that one. Second, he says, you know, when you pray, don't pray like the idiots, sorry, like the people that want to be seen. Pray like the ones that have a prayer life. Prayer life means I can be asking for help for ages. 
I don't have to be eloquent with God. I don't have to remind God that he holds the universe in his hand. He doesn't have Alzheimer's. He knows. So stop remembering God that he holds the universe. Like, it's, it's one of those things that the angels would say, like, hey, he said it again. Like, we understood, like, like look at us surrounded by the universe. You know? you know, God understands that he's outside of your timing. So you don't have to remind God whenever you want, Lord. He knows when he wants. How do we pray? And how honest, how simple we are when we pray determines what happens publicly. Show me the secret prayer, and I will show you the, 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 the more public understanding of what that happened with. But not only that, he said one thing, don't worry. Because he knew how we are. He said, I know you're wonky like that. Say to someone next to you, you're wonky? You're wonky. You're a bit wonky, you know, like some of you guys said it with too much hate, you know, like so you got to practice love, you know, like it's like don't say it so incisive. Like you don't say it as a declaration. It was a question what I asked, you know. So some of you guys declared it. You know, no, 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 don't declare anything. Are you, no, you are wonky. No, no, no. Are you wonky? You know, like just be careful, you know, starve your worries, guys. And Jesus is saying, I want you to have priorities. And this is in a nutshell what God wants us to listen today. I want you to learn how to have priorities. I don't want you to be running like a teenager, headless, through the motions of life. I want you to start understanding that what you do in your teens, you will sow in your 20s. What you do in your 20s, you will sow in your 30s. What you do in the 30s, you will sow in your 40s, and, and so on. I don't want you in your spiritual life to be in day-to-day -day mode, I want you to be sowing. I want to actually empower you to sow through obedience the steps that I have ordered for you. So he doesn't want us to be making it up. This is not a makeshift relationship with God. This is settled in heaven, but we have to get into the program. He said, if you pray in the secret, I'll be able to move in the public. First, second, the way that you move, the way that you practice your righteousness will actually deplete you or take into account for you strength. Your efforts don't need to be empty. And like never before, we're looking to be filled with our efforts. As the body of Christ, we can never be filled with our efforts. We are filled with the power of God, with the Spirit of God, with the life that comes from Him. But we are not filled with our egos. That's how the pagans do it. And how different are we in our motivations, in the way that we do things? A couple of weeks ago, we were trying to do, we were seeking God as a church on what to do for Easter. And God said, let's just give Bibles. And we were like in this table... It was a cobra meeting, you know, from the people that tried to bless you every Sunday. And we were praying and saying, God, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And we said, let's give Bibles. Let's do it. And in the middle of that, we were being charged for some crazy amount of money. And we're, we don't say the sinner. We say the sin only. <laughs> and we didn't have that money. But God was saying, let's do all of this. And we... Clearly didn't have the money for that either then. Not knowing that God had a plan. So we said, let's give a thousand Bibles. Boom. We have tried to give a thousand Bibles for a thousand times. Never happened. And all of a sudden, two days, three days, four days happened to go by. And uh, we were not receiving the funds for that. And with Joanna, we woke up and we were tired. There's mornings that you don't want to wake up, Chris. There's mornings that only God woke up, Chris, and says, like, um, I think you should go down the stairs gently through the day. And I'm like, I don't see this happening, Lord. What the heck? I don't know if you pray like that, but I pray like that. You know, like, I said, what the heck? Good morning, what the heck? Like, are you sure you want to wake me up? You know what I mean? Like, what the heck? You know, like, hey, I'm alive. Maybe you missed it. You know, like, you want to put a stop to this one. What the heck? 
because I worry about things that I don't observe God taking care of. I worry about things that I don't understand his presence, that I never seen him provide. So while I was worrying, God was touching the heart of someone, and a few days later, from us wanting to buy a three-pound Bible, that meant 3,000 because we said 1,000. If you're good in math, you would probably have done that before. Your head, before I said it, but if not, I help you, and it's for free. We got given a thousand Bibles that were costing 14 pounds each. You can say, wow. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You're Pentecostals. You graduated. Don't worry. <laughs> so the reality of it is that while I was wearing about my little 3,000, he was providing over 14,000. And I still was asking God, what the heck? I was worrying. I was not praying. I just, that's for free. So Jesus is explaining to them how to move. And today he wants to do exactly the same thing with us. He wants to gather us near and say, hey, I want you to move in this way. I don't want you to practice your righteousness in a way that fills your ego. I want you to be selfless and God-reliant. You can take notes. It's really good for us. We can get reminded. If not, if not, you know, we start worrying about other things and we forget what we talked about. Second, Jesus was actually explaining to them how to pray and how to fast. And some of us are not into the practice of fasting if the doctor doesn't ask for it. But it's a really good thing. We can talk about it later if you want. Who has not fasted this month, for example? Yeah, we need problems. Yeah, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Okay. Don't worry about it. And the third thing is that he wanted to talk to them. What are they treasuring? So this is the context. What you treasure, how you pray and you fast, and how you practice your righteousness. Matthew 6 is, 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 is a staple into who we become as a church in the season that we're in. I want to really advise to each one of us, go to the Bible and read it. Let the Bible read you almost, as that's as I always say. Let God show you what he means. Don't try to make it on your own means. Your means are very limited. It becomes from the culture. It comes from your knowledge. It comes from your stamina. It comes from your day. It comes from, yeah, limited. Jesus is saying, let me explain to you that we're living on a world that is fighting and is at war. Jesus was walking in the streets that the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Gnostics were actually filling with ideas. The world that we live today is very little different. It just has iPhones compared to that other world. The amount of ideas and deceptions that the enemy was propostering and trying to say and trying to sell to people through situations it was exactly the same. They didn't have a better or worse shot at us, like us, to believe in Jesus. Today, we don't have anything else to ask or to use as an excuse. And Jesus came to defeat it all. He defeated it all. He was walking in a war, like you and me. We're walking in a war. Like yesterday, today, we're walking in a war of ideas, ideas that come against our generation in the sense that we, how we populate, how we eat, the way that we express our emotions and how our emotions are valid. We're in a world that says that you can decide things that were settled by God. A world that wants to redefine a culture and the feelings that want to redefine our genders and the way that we perceive ourselves. He wants a world that is surrender while the world today wants to be God. It was exactly the same. This is not new. This is the happy clapping moment of the service. Don't worry about it. It's going to get better. See, we're in a war. And some of us actually come from cultures that are a bit more passive. So we want to say, no, there's no war. There's no war. There's no war, like close the door, no, no war, no, no war, no war. Everything is happy. 
I'm so happy. Da, 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 da. I don't want to get charged for this, so I'm going to stop there. But the reality is that happiness has been redefined. Happiness. Happiness is just something that comes and goes and not a state of trust. People used to be happy when they were trusting in the Lord. How are you? I'm happy. Why? I'm trusting in the Lord. Nowadays, ah, it's because I like the color that that other person was wearing in the jacket and I really liked it. It is so ephemeris, it's so abstract that we cannot grab something that God paid for us to be able to live in. Happiness never, ever was the reason for a divorce. Nowadays, people get divorced and say, why did you get divorced? I'm not happy. Back in the day, people were stabbed, abuse, really bad stories. Nowadays, I'm not happy. This is not what I thought. And we have given so much authority to all these things. And as Christians, sometimes we don't ask ourselves, what do we have to say? So that's why it becomes a bit uncomfortable to talk about these things. But the gospel is not comfortable. It's not supposed to be a pillow. It's supposed to be a pillar. It's supposed to keep the house up when everything is changing. And Jesus is saying, what do you treasure? In the midst of the world of ideas that we are living today, that question is still valid. What do you treasure? What do you treasure in your heart? Because there you will be. What do you give value? In this war of perceptions and concepts, of ideas, we have no quarters. There's no safe ground. It is inside and it's outside. And as a church, we have something to say. It is not only what is going outside. We close the door, we record our services, kumbaya. I'm blessed. My neighbor is in misery. But hey, living from glory to glory. But it's also inside. You wake up at 3 a.m. creating these crazy scenarios that all of a sudden at 9 a.m. while you're training someone in the gym, you're saying, that was a stupid thought. Why was I thinking about that at 3 a.m.? Why do I wake up? Yes or no? Can I have an honest amen, guys? Come on. You're leaving me alone. I'm not the only crazy one. You're with me. And like never before, this has become a stronghold. Worrying, it is more than just a word. It's a spirit. And it's a spirit that leads us into taking trust out of the cross and what he paid for and place it in our own understanding and place it on the situations that are around us. And like never before, there's a lot of things that we cannot trust. People that have suggested or said or pledged that they would do, they are coming back out with amnesia. You know, like, ah, oh, don't remember saying that. And you have videos to prove it. That's all over the net. In every government, in every system that we're supposed to be trusting. Come on, let's not be oblivious. The only one that is not walking back on his words is Jesus because he's the word. So in the word of today, in the world of today, we need the word. And we need the word hard. And we need the word today, like right now. We need the word in every moment. David would say in Psalm 4, well, he will go to bed. While his son wanted to stab him to death, he would say, I will trust. I will lay down and rest because in you only I can trust. You know how many times I've taken me out of the oven at 3 a.m.? It's a way of saying I've been worrying and I couldn't make sense out of anything in my head. I woke up, and while the enemy was going against me, the only thing that I had I said, The Lord is my shepherd 17 times. But the enemy didn't run. But the enemy started running when I said, You know what? In peace. I will lay down 
and in peace I will rest. Because only in the Lord I can trust. As the church, we need to go back to this. How are we feeding our worries? Each one of us has a weird, special brand of worry because it comes from the context of our bringing, the things that we value, the decisions that we take. And the enemy creates an algorithm of worries for us. And he puts you in situations. He puts you in situations that they trigger you. They trigger you. And God is always almost sabotaging, you know, your triggers. Because maybe you don't even have the maturity to walk in authority. But God is saying, I can lead you there. Just give me a minute. Let me just kind of like, spirit lead me where my love. Like, you're like, no, pray. Don't Spotify this one away. Pray. Fast. Not fast as speed. Fast as stop eating. Stop consuming the feed. Okay, you will get it when you go home. <laughs> we are in a war. And our feed and what we've been fed is creating in us a more increasing stupidity and a weight of worry. It's, it's allowing us to be susceptible to the war instead of walking in the dignity and authority that God paid for us to do. We were not designed physically for this. For the last year and a half, the doctor has been fighting with me because I was, I was anxious. And I didn't know it because I was a good Christian. I can fake it until I make it. Like you. Don't judge me. Don't worry about it. I'm like you. So say, hey, Chris is like me. He can fake it. So I was actually anxious, and I didn't know. And it was creating that some enzymes in my body would deplete me. The anxiety that I was going through, and I didn't pay attention, was creating that some enzymes in my body were not reacting the way that they should. And the doctor called me and says, like, Chris, um, I know you're a happy guy, but <laughs> you got issues. <laughs> he knows what I do. So I'm like, I'm joking and I'm making, like, I'm making conversation, you know, and, and no one talks with the doc. You know, everyone is scared of the dog or doesn't care about the dog, but no one talks with the dog. That's how it goes. And I said, Doc, what's up? And he's like, uh, I'm actually, you know, and he starts explaining because he can relax. And after he was very relaxed, he said to me, Chris, you, your levels of anxiety are very high. You have three times the, what would be bad for a person to have. You need to lower it out. I mean, I know you're happy, mate. You know, like I see you're always jogging. You're happy. You know, like your life is full of miracles. And I know that everything you do, I mean, you don't shut up about it. So it is all good. But, but your body maybe is not getting on with the program. And I looked at him and I said, wunderbar. God had been saying to me, you need to start getting stronger in your physical for six months before. I said it to Cancelo, and uh, they keep me into March, you know, because I'm a big mouth. So that goes against me and in favor. So, <laughs> so amen. Someone said amen. <laughs> Any other big mouth in the church today? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Tell the, the, tell the devil he's alive. Anyway. Um, <laughs> And lately, I, I went to the doctor to do another, you know, kind of annual thing. And he said, Chris, you're doing way better, actually. Like, I'm surprised. You actually listened to me. And I said, like, that's what God says to me all the time. I'm surprised you actually listened to me, you know. And that's probably what God does to each one of us. I'm surprised you actually listened to me, mate. Because I can lead you. But how is your prayer life? And what happened was is I follow these crazy instructions from the doctor that was so castrating, like not having chicken wings at 2 a.m. And wunderbar, I got better. I got stronger. I got more sensitive and sensible. 
God has a weird way of fixing us up. But this message is not about us. It's trying to actually convey to us that if we're not starving our worries, we'll multiply the worries because we have an authority in our community. And as Christians, sometimes we don't know our role. We don't know the power invested in us. And sometimes we live like we're normal Joes and Janes, and we are, but by his grace, he has given us a position of authority. He has given us an authority over the land. He has made us the head and not the tail. He has actually given us the ability to, to see that transformation through the stories and the testimonies. And sometimes we don't access that because we still are not praying. We're treasuring the wrong thing. We're not praying. We have no privacy with God. And today, maybe is a very simple word. But it's a good question still. How is my privacy with God? How is my private moment with God? How real is my prayer time with God? What am I starving? Am I starving his presence? Or am I starving my worries? What am I starving? Second, how constant we are. Word of God today says, do not worry. But for that, we need constancy. We need to be constant people. People that work and talk and move, but still are prayerful. You cannot keep a day up if you're not prayerful. We have been made to actually overcome. We have been made to focus. To focus on the things of the first couple of verses that say, hey, you know what, focus in what is eternal, that what is really worth it. The things that were worrying you at 3 a.m. are not the same things that worry you at 9 when you are a bit more awake. You say, no, we can do that. Sometimes, the more we care, the more we worry. But worry is a sign of lack of trust. As Christians, we don't talk about this sin. When I worry, I'm sinning. When I worry, I am sinning. That's what Paul would say, cast all your worries upon him. He took him to the cross. Don't remind the cross what you already carried. Leave it alone. Cast it away, second, third. God cares. He talks about this very simply. He says, you know, didn't I actually kind of clothe the flowers in the field? I care. I know that you need all these things. Solomon, in all his wisdom, the most wise man ever, and all his splendor cannot be dressed exactly the same or even near to that. Not even like the flower that gets cut and dries up and goes away. So God is saying, I don't want you only to think about what is eternal. I want you, and, and the priorities of life, I want you to focus that I care. Sometimes we don't know even how to react to that. As Christians, we think that either God is Disney and Burger King in the sky, like he gives it to us, whatever we want and however we want it, or he doesn't care. But God wants a church that can mature, that can take a hit, that can actually walk through struggles and storms and still know that he cares. You don't need the sugar coating of a thousand proverbs and a thousand prophetic words from your grandma to walk on your problem today. You just need to pray. If you depend on someone else's spiritual life to go through your storm, you don't have a spiritual life yourself. You're an infant. God cannot trust big things. You cannot dial up. You cannot, you cannot push the kingdom forward because you're still absorbing from it. But God wants us in this season to mature. He cares, and his care is here to give us power. Because he cares, 
I can do this. I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. He cares. And he's saying, how are you praying? How are you fasting? And what are you treasuring? Don't do your thing in front of people for your ego. That depletes you. How are you praying? How you invest in your life? And what are you treasuring in your life? Third thing, fourth thing, God clearly says we're valuable. If I do this for all of them, how much more would I do it for you? That's easy. Verse 26 is, is so easy. Look at the birds. And do they sow or they reap? Are you not much more? Are you not much more? How do you perceive yourself in front of God? God provides. And it's easy to see. He says, you know, I want to provide, but I don't want you to walk in what is unproductive. What is unproductive? God is saying, you know what? It is easy. The pagans run after the things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. So he's, he's making a distinction of our action versus our need. All of us have different walks. We're in different universities, different works, different offices, different standards of life around us, different seasons, different age, different amount of kids, different amount of dogs. We're all in one of those. God knows what we need. And the gospel is still available and strong to provide. But what are we chasing? The pagans are chasing what they need. You and me that made a decision for Jesus, we chase his kingdom and his righteousness. See, at the beginning he said, how are you practicing your righteousness? But then he makes it even more easy for us. It is his righteousness through us. It is his kingdom. Not an empire, not a congregation, not a ministry, not your little office prayer group. All of them are important. But are you pursuing it in his righteousness? And he says very clear, pursue, seek. And some of us are so comfortable nowadays. But that is going to come to an end. I mean, I say it with a bit of a glee. I'm excited about it almost. But right now, our faith has to be proven, has to be shared, has to be given, has to be broken like bread and shared. Our faith has to become that communion that our community shares. But if we're worrying, we will keep everything. Worry keeps. Worry controls. Worry is expecting a rainy day. But trust depends on the daily bread. You understand? Worry gathers the manna for tomorrow. Trust goes out of the tent and finds it there. The people that worry, the emotions that we worry with, the relationships that we are living with that are under a spirit of worry, they will rot because we provided for them. This message, I feel it means a thousand things underneath this roof. It's one of those that you have to probably go back and listen at 13 times. But I think there's something breaking in the place. Something has been trying to rob your trust and your relationship and your, and your walk with God. And he wants to, through this word, bring you to a different plane. Say, I not only trust you, watch out for your prayer. 
How are you living your righteousness? And what are you treasuring? How are you walking? Do not worry. I got you. What are the things that you use? What are the different comments that you say to yourself to, to actually feed that worry? Well, the thing is that if I don't do this, no one will do it for me. Yes or no? Who has said that to yourself this week? Is that not a lie? But we accept it. It's so sexy, no? So sexy. It sounded almost true. Like, if you don't pay attention, that is actually true. If I don't do it, who will do it for me? And as Christians, we accept those things. And Jesus is saying, watch out. Watch out. Don't allow those things to get into your relationship with me. Trust me. I know you need. Trust me. Look for my righteousness and my kingdom. I will open doors. I will connect you how you need to be connected. Trust me. It's not being mystical. It's trusting God. You wake up. You do pray. You do actually move on. You do your possible. But when everything is said and done, even the strength to do the possible and waking up was up to God, was not up to you. So today, with this, we close. We need to get accustomed to the grace of God. He says at the end, therefore do not worry about tomorrow because it will worry about itself. Each day is enough. Seek me. Verse 33. Seek me, my kingdom, my righteousness, and all these things will be added. Tomorrow will bring his own worries. I want to speak to every worry, to everything that has tried to take the peace that actually comes from God. In this season, the enemy has come around the world to sow distrust, distrust from authority, from God, religion. The enemy has come to actually kind of exhibit the lack of character, so we, so we mistrust everyone that is in a position or blessing as well, and leadership. The enemy has come systematically to destroy trust because he knows that if we trust, essentially we trust God, we will see his faithfulness. God has given us weapons. He has given us shields, swords, a whole, a whole armor that we have studied here quite extent. Efficiency is very clear. That our fight is not against things that we can tackle. Our worries, those ideas that are flying around, that get entangled. You can be rich, you can be poor. You can be old, you can be very young. And still, you're susceptible to the ideas of this world. Today, God is saying, I really want to have authority in that area of your life. Will you submit your ideas? Will you submit your ideologies? Will you submit the cultural idols of thought and perception that you have allowed in to inform you who I am? Will you submit? Prayer, taking authority, and being under submission. Forget about complicating it. Prayer is clearly not complaining. It's inviting God, saying, I know you know, but if you want to say something about it, I'm here. I need you. Help me. Second, I am taking authority over my emotions. It could be in the middle of the night when I'm foggy and I'm vulnerable, or at 9 a.m. when I'm strong as an ox. Either way, 
Lord, I take authority. Lord, I put limits to the thoughts. When the thoughts come raging at, you have to understand that not every thought is wanting to submit to the lordship of Christ in you. And that's not a thought that comes from God. You put a limit. And you say, oi, my mind is precious ground. My mind has been bought. You have a limit. The blood is your limit. So now, in the name of Jesus, I reject that thought. You put a limit. And also, you take authority. You say, my mind is the place where I think like he thinks. I value how he values and not how this world and this culture says I should. I take authority and I take captive every thought, every tendency that came through a thought to the knowledge of Christ in me because he's my hope, my hope of glory. And I thirdly submit I submit my cravings, my anxieties, I put them over onto Christ. If there's anything in me that is creating, is opening away, is allowing all these things to link into me, I submit it. I submit my mind, I submit my heart, I submit my emotions, I submit my life, I submit. To Christ so I pray inviting him in I take authority and I put the limits I declare whose ground is that and thirdly I submit that's the way that we starve our worry Christ is more than enough it's time to starve has been starving our trust in our emotions in our relationships in the things that we have been doing through worries it's time to rest God has ordered your rest Father thank you for your presence Lord Father thank you for your word Father, thank you for, Father, your simplicity. You want us whole. You want us walking in wholeness. You want, us to keep, you want to keep on renewing us, Lord, as we walk with you. And Father, we don't want anything in the middle that can hinder that. So Father, today in the name of Jesus, Father, we surrender. We surrender our strength. Father, the way that we practice our righteousness, the, the, the things that we treasure, the ways that we do. Father, all of us are in different moments in our walk with you. Some have walked for a long time, and some we're barely starting and excited about it. But Father, in every season, you're a good Father. And you have those steps, Lord, that clean the way, that declutter, that allow your glory to manifest differently in each one of us. Father, we might be at war, but we know who wins. Father, there might be a thousand ideologies and ideas and concepts and precepts and perceptions out there, but Father, we know that we're living under the concept of one, that you so loved us, that you gave your life so we would not be surrendering to slaveries of all sorts and kinds. You gave your life so we would walk free. So Father, as we value and as we honor you, Lord, as we practice that righteousness that manifests through us, your righteousness, Lord, and as we pray, Lord, we're gonna pray with humility 
Father, teach us how to pray. Father, we don't want to just say out loud things that we see have been written. Father, they could have that said to them because you had modeled a life of prayer. Teach us deeper, deeper, Lord, how to pray. Teach in our motivations. Teach in our standards. Teach in the hours. Lead us how to pray. And also, Lord, show us what we have been treasuring. Father, most of our worries come from the things that we treasure, from the things that we have given authority, the things that we have allowed into our hearts. Father, open our eyes. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, so we would see what we treasure. So we can surrender and take authority and limit, Lord, as we walk in your grace. Because tomorrow we'll have to worry about itself. Today, we say, we trust you. We believe in you. You have been good. You have been the provision. You have clothed us. You know our needs, Lord. Father, you don't condemn the needs. Father, you ask us to pursue you and your kingdom. Today we come with simplicity and ask for that, Lord. For that peace. For that peace. That peace. We read in John 14, Father. That peace that the world cannot give. That peace that ordains our spirit not to worry and not to be troubled and to not be afraid. That peace would lead us to starve our worries, Lord. Jesus. Father, for everyone in this room that has had a worry, this week, for the people that are struggling. If you have been struggling with worries in your heart, this word was for you. It was not for everyone. But if this word was for you, I want to invite you to stand up or, or join me in your feet, if you can. As a symbol of taking authority, of saying, Lord, I'm gonna stand up, stand up in the truth, that is more than enough for me to live. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that has been struggling with anxiety and thoughts, Lord, that have not been wanting to kind of submit to your authority. Father, any, any spirit of worry, Father, that has been filling the hearts and the minds and the thoughts, Father, I come against it in the name of Jesus. Father, and I speak your peace and I speak your truth. Father, I speak salvation. Father, I speak the fruits of your glory over this person. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask for a specific balm, Father, over their hearts, over their minds in this week, Lord. Father, I ask for specific thoughts that come from you, that are pure, that are whole, that are holy, Father. Father, that will enlarge the tent of understanding of how they perceive you, Lord. A new trust is born today by the power of your grace. You do care. Father, you're the God that cares. You're the God that goes up before us. You're the one that enlarges, Father, the possibilities of what we could have done because you paid for us. But you are the God of a new beginning. So, Father, I pray for that peace. Peace for your midnight. Peace for your storm. Peace for your Gethsemane. Peace for your desert. Peace for your need. Peace for your nakedness. Peace for your poverty. Peace for your emotions. Peace over your mind. Peace over the enzymes in your body and your organs. Peace over your health. In Jesus' name, 
In Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus. If you're in this place and you have not made a decision for Jesus, and today you, you say, I want to have that peace. I've been having anxiety. I've been worrying. It is true. If you're in this place, we would love to talk with you. Please don't go without talking with someone in the back. We have people in the sides as well. Present yourself. Say, hey, my name is, and I would love to know more. We would love to pray with you. God is a God of peace. I got a restoration. I feel that there's, there's people that have a pressure in their chest in this place. Right now, physically, there's a, there's a pressure. I want to pray for that. If you lift your hand, I want to pray for you. I see you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for every physical. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray, Lord, that a relief, a peace right now over my sister, Father. A release, Lord, in her health, in her emotions, Father. Father, that you will break, you break loose, Father, a new ability even to cry out to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there where you are. Jesus, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.